Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast brought to you by DBSA's Young Adult Council. My name is Geraldine Dexter. I'm a mental health professional, advocate, and also one of the co-chairs for the Young Adult Council. Today, I'm going to be switching up roles with Lydia Johnson, a mental health advocate and author of Perfect Chaos, to talk about the quarter-life crisis. Great. Well, I think the quarter-life crisis is something that a lot of people want to talk about and are interested in, but um, and a lot of people, a lot of things that people don't know about. So um, we're going to switch up roles, and I'm going to interview you, Gerilyn, because you've been interviewing me these last <laughs> podcasts. So um, it will give a chance for people to meet the great co-chairs that we have on our team. So, Gerilyn, do you mind me asking how old you are? I do not. I am currently 27 years old. I had to think oh, about I'd that because my birthday coming up in like three weeks. Order life. <laughs> so like, oh, I had to think about that. <laughs> and have you ever heard of this thing called the quarter life crisis? I have. Um, when I think about the quarter life crisis initially, I think about turning like 25 and having this big, oh my goodness, what am I doing with my life kind of thing. But then I thought, let me actually kind of look up what a quarter life crisis is. And when I really looked it up, I I read that it actually is, it's a big chunk of your life. It covers anywhere between like your late teens to even like your early mid thirties. And it's just kind of defined with this time of just kind of feeling scared or confused or lost or trying to figure out who you are and what it really means to kind of to be an adult. So that was pretty eye-opening for me. Yeah, I think that's something that we all struggle with. I mean, you hear about the midlife crisis, but this thing of the quarter-life crisis is something that's been new that's been floating around. And what is that phrase? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what does that phrase mean to you personally? To me, when I think about the quarter-life crisis, I really think that it's really figuring out who I want to be as an adult. Like, who am I? Where am I going with my life? What am I doing? Am I doing the things that are going to get me to where I want to be? Which can be really stressful when you think about all of it. I'm kind of a perfectionist, so for me, when I think about that, it gives me a little bit of anxiety to feel, because it's just such a big question, and there's really no way to ever know if you're kind of making the right decision for yourself. You just have to make one, so for me, the the phrase quarter-life crisis really kind of deals with that stage of maybe anxiety, confusion, scariness, loss, even sadness, depression, that kind of thing that comes along with growing into the adult that you're supposed to be. Right. And in our last podcast, we just talked about coping behind your peers. Do you think that plays into the quarter-life crisis? Oh, absolutely. I definitely don't think it helps when you feel like you're behind (laughs) your peers, you know. Like you, you think about, I think as a kid, at least for myself, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to be. I I didn't necessarily know the steps to get myself there, but I knew what I wanted to do. And then as I got older, I started to kind of study those things and kind of put myself on the right path. And then, you know, when I got out of college, I took my first job in the field, and I was super excited because I'm like, I've made it. I finished my degrees. This is great. And then 
you know, I'm looking around at other people in my life and they, even if it was someone who didn't know what they wanted to be, they may have been doing better than me or whatever. And that just really kind of took me back to, oh no, am I the adult I'm supposed to be doing? Did I pick the right career path? You know, do I have the traits that I want to be as a person? It was just a lot of confusion. So I don't think it helps when you feel like you're behind your peers, especially. I think it gives you extra questions and it causes you to think about things even more. Right. And have you, I personally feel like I go through a quarter life crisis every six months. It's like when I accomplish one I feel like thing, I'm happy once with, a day. Like, I know. I feel like there's like 10 more that I'm, 10 more things that I need to be doing with my life. And do you feel like there was like one moment that you had a quarter life crisis or do you feel like it's a process? For me personally, I feel like it's a process. I think there are definitely times where I can look back in my life and say specifically. And for me, it's been with like certain jobs that I've had. So I work in the mental health field, which is a really great and rewarding field to work in, but it can also be super stressful, very emotionally taxing, especially depending on, you know, what kind of avenue within mental health you're working in. And for me, when I was working in foster care, doing therapy with kids in foster care, it was so taxing because I felt like I was doing all of this work and it just wasn't making any difference because you try to advocate for the kids, but nobody wants to really hear what you're saying within that system. They just want to do, you know, what they want to do. And so I really kind of had like a crisis and almost wanted to quit the field altogether and just felt like maybe I'm in the wrong place. You know, is this what I wanted to be doing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Are these, you know, am I doing things that I'm okay with, you know, morally and you know, and it was just a really big kind of thing. But now I realize it's, it's always kind of a struggle for me. It's, it's like not just that one moment. It's just a big process. Because I have that moment even now, and I love my job now. I'm still doing therapy, but with a different population. But I still have moments where I question, you know, am I doing this right? You know, I'm 27, almost 28 now. When I turn 30, I have this whole thing in my in my head about when I turn 30, I'm going to be – you know, my life is going to be right. I'm going to be doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. My career is going to be taking off even more. And I feel like I put all these expectations on myself, too. Like when I'm in crisis right. about how I'm going to fix it and how I'm going to make it better. And I have to be careful with that because what happens if I don't meet those expectations? Then I go into another crisis again. <laughs> it's really kind of a cycle that I feel like, you know, happens throughout your life. It's not even just a quarter life. Maybe it starts then, but it just it keeps going. <laughs> Right. I feel like it's really hard when you're in your 20s and you feel like there's all this potential in front of you and you have so many years. But for me, it's like if I just go down that right path, right? Like, mm-hmm. And there's, <laughs> there's so many options in front of you. But where my crisis comes from is like, so there's like all of these paths in front of me and I have the crisis when I feel like I have to choose the right path and I have to make the right decisions to get where I want to go. And how do I choose to go down the path that's going to get me to the future that I want instead of realizing that, oh, my gosh, you can change paths or your path is going to change no matter what anyways. You know, but I put so much pressure on myself to, like, make that right decision, that right career move. And, you know, I have these, like, identity crises of oh my gosh like 
I thought I wanted to do this, and now I don't know if this mm-hmm. is the right path for me. Um, so it, it's tough. So oh, absolutely. Um, I, can, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. And so do you feel like you've been dealing with the, you know, the quarter life crisis for a while? Was there like an age that it hit you? I think for me, it probably started probably around 24. That was when I finished Mm -hmm. my master's degree. I think up till then, I kind of saw myself as doing the things that I needed to do to to kind of help myself become the adult I wanted to be. And I just, I'm really big about, and I probably shouldn't do this to myself, putting deadlines in my head. So I told myself when I finish my master's, then I'm a real adult because I'm going to get a real job. And, you know, then my career and my life begins. And when that happened and I ended up bouncing, I bounced around a few times through different jobs throughout my field because I would get into a job and then I would kind of feel like, well, is this where I'm supposed to be? And the thing, like you said, it's so hard to know if you're making the right change in your life. And I think that's where most of the stress and anxiety comes from because there's no way to know ahead of time if you're making the right decision. Life would be so easy if there was like, I don't know, like a crystal ball that would tell me this is the right path, pick this one, but there's not. So there's all this anxiety about if, you know, you're doing the right thing. And so I think it kind of started for me around when I felt like I had to really, quote, unquote, grow up and get a real job and a career and kind of go from there. And I think from there, I've really, it's been kind of like an ongoing, like, okay, I'll get into a groove and I'll feel good about things. And then I start to question myself again. But I feel like at this point in my life, being, you know, almost 28 years old, I tell myself, everything that I'm doing now is giving me the experience that I need to really be the person, the adult that I want to be. And I tell myself that being an adult is a really fluid process. That it's not, you don't just wake up one day, snap your fingers, and it's, oh, I'm an adult today. Congratulations. I finally made it. You know, it's, you're always figuring yourself out. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why people have that midlife crisis too, is they get to a point, you know, in their life where they feel like, okay, I'm, you know, maybe 50 or 55 or 60 and, you know, I've got all these things in my life that I've done. What do I think about those things? You know, what does that say about me? What does it say about my life, my legacy, my identity? And I think I think the quarter-life crisis, the midlife crisis, really any life crisis is really just us kind of questioning our existence and saying, you know, who am I? What have I done? What's important to me? It's really just kind of you getting to know yourself better, to be honest, I think. Right. And I like what you said about, um, you know, wanting to become an adult. I think that when we're in our early 20s, it's so easy to see, like, adult as this landmark moment where, like, all of a sudden you're an adult and you should have everything figured out. Like, <laughs> Or, like, turning 30. Like, you think that, like, by the time you turn 30, you have to have, like, met these goals or you will be this mm-hmm. person. And, like, you know, it's not what life is at all, you know. Um, yeah. I turned 30 and I was like, oh, it's just like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I still, it's like, so I true. Still... like, nothing happens overnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I I did finish my master's degree 
you know, like a week after I turned 30. And so, like, technically I can say I completed my degree by the time I was 30. But, you know, mm-hmm. that was just a deadline I set for myself. And who says you have to, fit, like, finish all these things by a certain time or right, that you have yeah. to be a, quote, adult by a certain age, you know? And what does adult even mean, you know? like I was just going to ask you that. Like, what does it really mean to be an adult? Does it mean you're self-sufficient? Does it, like... Does it mean you can feed yourself? Does it mean, like, what does it mean to be, you know, an adult? Does it mean you're just over 18? Like, who knows anymore? You know, and it's it's <laughs> yeah. funny that you say that because I I do the same thing with, like, those deadlines. And it's no magic. There's nothing special about any number, really. You know, like, okay. there's nothing special about, like, 25 or 30 or 50. It's just it's another day that you have to just kind of live your life and be who you are. But we put all of these things on ourselves to accomplish by, like, a certain age. I mean, it's great to have goals and deadlines and things like that, but I think we also have to learn to be flexible with those things, too. And I think for myself, part of my crisis has been that I haven't been flexible with myself. You know, like, right right now I'm currently studying. I'm a doctoral student, and I told myself I'm going to be done with this thing by the time, you know, by the end of 28. So that would be the end of 2016 for me. But, you know, I went through some difficult things this year that I wasn't expecting. You know, I lost my grandfather, and that was the first time that I ever had to deal with any kind of death or anything like that. I made a major job switch, which caused me a lot of stress. So I withdrew myself from a class. So this year I withdrew myself from two classes because of, you know, switching jobs and a lot of stress that went with that, and then also losing my grandfather. And so I told myself, I, I kind of sat down the other day and was like, oh, my gosh, I'm probably not going to finish this thing until I'm, like, 29. And I just got so upset with myself and then felt like, well, what am I doing with my life? And I felt, I really felt like I was in crisis for a second. Like, oh, my goodness, I've just screwed up my whole life and my whole plan. And that's not true. Nothing is going to happen to me if I finish my doctorate when I'm 29 instead of 28. Nothing is going to change at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, but, it's crazy because you just – have a crisis about it and down almost. When we, it's so funny because when you hear like, when I hear you say, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna finish when I'm 29, not 28," it seems so. It's just not a big deal at all. But when you're living, yeah. it's like it's like this like pivotal, huge, like heavy thing that you're dealing with. But like when yeah. you actually say the words out loud and hear what you're saying, like. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna take one year longer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and actually, know. it's probably gonna be like a few months, and it's, it's only gonna be a few months in the twenty. <laughs> so it's not even a big deal. It's really not a big deal. But I just kind of got all this so anxiety when, and freaked out about it. Yeah, because when you're in it, it just feels so real. So, yeah. have you felt that your mental illness has played into your quarter life crisis, and how so? Absolutely. You know, I think when I feel like I'm in crisis, my anxiety gets so bad for one. And then that just kind of spirals me into a depression sometimes. And I just, I get really, really down. And sometimes it's just hard for me to even want to get up and feel like doing anything at all because I feel like, what's the point of doing anything at all? Every step that I take is just going to put me further and further into me ruining my own life. And I have all of these irrational thoughts and it just kind of takes over. And then it, it just, I feel like honestly, like the having the mental health condition with it just kind of makes it a little, a little bit harder to come out of. 
if anything. Um, but that's where I really have to kind of like push myself and look at things objectively. Like with this whole thing this year, taking myself out of two classes, I was really, really down about that for a while because I felt like I was failing myself. But when I looked at the things that I had withdrawn myself for, I didn't withdraw myself because, you know, I just couldn't do the work or whatever. I lost a family member, you know, um, I made a really big change and I, it was, it was a, it was a big change and there was a lot that went with that change that I needed to do. And so these were things that I needed to learn to cope with and deal with and, you know, the job was to better myself. So I kind of, that, when I looked at it that way, it kind of really helped me. But for a while, I felt like I was just kind of in it, like in the thick of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how how do you cope in times like that? How do you keep yourself healthy? Um, coping in like self help is so self care is so important to me. So I have a ton of different things that I like to do. I know in our last podcast I talked about like saying my I am's and I can's, like, I can do this, I am resilient, I can get through anything, I'm intelligent, I'm, you know, all these things that I like to tell myself, which, you know, it, after a while, in the beginning, it's, I don't believe them, I'm like, why am I telling myself this, but as I stick with it, I really start to believe and feel those things, I'm really big about tracking my feelings, Um, I have different apps that I use, or I journal a lot, and that kind of helps me to kind of figure out where I'm at. I also like to go back to those things at points in my life where I'm doing well and just kind of read about Mm -hmm. like my state of mind and where I was at to just kind of help me for the next time that I potentially go through something similar to that. Um, Running is another big one. And I'm really big on my support network. My, I talk to my best friends all the time and we visit each other all the time. Um, And so that's a really big one. I talk to my parents a lot, which as an adult sometimes, that makes me feel like, oh, man, you know, I'm almost 28. Why am I asking my parents for advice about stuff? Like, I should know. But they have so much wisdom. And I'm like, why don't I just use that? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I really just kind of try to make sure that I have a lot of different things that I do um, to just kind of keep myself healthy. I know for me, especially, you know, um, with having depression, it can be so easy for my sleeping schedule to just, I'm either sleeping for half a day or I'm barely sleeping at all, whatever. So making sure that I'm keeping my sleeping schedule, my eating, everything, just keeping myself as healthy as I possibly can and just growing my list because I'm a list maker, a habitual list maker, growing my list of coping <laughs> skills that, that I can use to help myself. I feel like it's always better to have an idea of what your coping skills are not when you need them, because when you're in a crisis, you know, and I learned this a long time ago was working with people when I used to work on a suicide hotline that when people are in crisis, it's so hard for them to think long term and to think kind of outside of this big cloud that they're in. So for me, I always like to make sure that I have like either a list or things that are readily available to me. You know, there's like my phone or a rubber band on my arm, a stress ball, something that like I can use in that moment because I know the second I get really stressed out or I get really down, it's going to be hard for me to think about what can I do for myself right now in this moment to feel better. So I always try to be prepared that way. Yeah. Well, that's good. Do you think that a quarter life crisis is something people can prepare for? <laughs> um, yes and no. I think 
yes, in a sense that, like I was saying, by knowing my own personal strengths and limitations and how I can deal with things, I think I can prepare myself a little bit that way. But also at the same time, Uh no, because you never know what life is going to give you. I was not expecting to lose my grandfather. You know, I was not expecting Mm -hmm. that at all. And so that was something that I had to learn. And, yeah, I have all these coping skills, but I felt like these things were not really working at all. Like, I need need something else. This is not helping. So I think it just depends, you know. But we go through different kinds of crises throughout our life, like, it's it's not really dependent on any kind of age. So I think the best thing that you can do to prepare yourself is just kind of have an idea of, like, yourself, what your strengths are, what your limitations are, the things that you can use, you know. I, I always try to tell myself I may not know, you know, exactly what feeling I'm going to experience one day, but I'm sure that I've been through some type of feeling that's similar So I kind of use that, you know, when I lost my grandfather, I felt really angry and I've felt angry at other times in my life before. So I kind of used what I've done before when I felt angry to kind of help me there. So I kind of draw from my past experiences to help me with whatever life throws at me, if that makes sense. Right. And I think it's important. um, I do that, too, of just reminding myself. You know, I may not have been at this exact place before, but I've been close and I dealt with it and I'm here today to deal with it, you know, with this past knowledge and to move forward, you know, because I've done it before. Yeah, that's the thing I have to remind myself is every crisis that I've ever been through, I've made it through. Like I went through the whole crisis of, oh, (laughs) I got to get a real job and I got to become an adult and all these things. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you are, you are an adult. Look at all the things that you're doing that, you know, you have proof of. Like I ask myself, because when I have a quarter life crisis, I always tell myself, I'm, I'm screwing up. I'm not doing something good enough. And then I have to stop and ask myself, how do I know that's not true? Like I can feed myself. I can pay for stuff. You know, I can dress myself. I can go to work and turn things in on time. Like I have proof that I can make it through whatever crisis that I'm in. You know, it's just you have to look for those things. Yeah. You have to know what those things are. Yeah, totally. So just last question. Do you have any advice for anyone that may be dealing with a quarter-life crisis right now? I think any advice that I have for anyone dealing with a quarter-life crisis or any kind of crisis would just be to remember that what you are going through is temporary and that you are resilient. You, I'm sure you've been through something at you know, another point in your life, and you made it. Even if you feel like you barely made it, you made it. And that's all that matters. And so just kind of reaching deep inside yourself and finding your own strength and your power and that resiliency, tapping into that and just using that. Because when you come out of this, you might not the next day feel like you're the best adult ever after, you know, you're struggling with the quarter-life crisis. But eventually you're going to look back and say, okay, I have all of these experiences that, you know, no matter how good or bad or easy or tough they were, have turned me into the awesome adult that I am today. So just kind of remembering that it's it's going to pass and that you're going to make it through your crisis. And just remember at, at your core, like, who you are. For me, one of my favorite quotes is, um, 
make the most of yourself for that is all there is of you by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I really say that to myself a lot. Like, I only have one knee, so I have to really kind of hold on to that and just use that to be my best self, even if I'm not having my best day. Right. Well, Geraldine, that's great advice, and it's been a great talk. Thank you, as always, for doing all the great work you do for the Young Adult Council. And thank you, listeners. We hope you'll join us again for more Young Adult podcasts. Thanks.